Hi, I'm Aaron Selbig. And I'm Dr. Amy Bessler. And we are the Latchkey Kids. Woohoo! We're the Latchkey Kids. It's a it's a podcast. It's a band. Yes, Aaron. Should it we is. Have our own band like the Brady Bunch. I guess at this point we have had a number of hit songs. So yeah, there's a lot of singing involved. There's going to be a lot of singing today. Oh my God! People. So much singing. I know singing. that you really look forward to these episodes that are music themed because because you want to hear us sing. Is that why? Wow, is that why the Okay, um, I didn't so know that. But as but. you may recall, way back, way, way back, get in your DeLorean and go back to episode 39. <laughs> Wait, let me get up to 88 miles per hour. Okay, okay, I'm there. We, you're there, okay. Uh-huh, we, yep. Uh, we brought our friends the music moments of 1985. Oh, oh yes. Time. Wasn't it? It was very Michael Jackson heavy, as I recall, if I remember right. <laughs> There's a lot of Michael Jackson in there. Yes. Uh So now we're going to take it back a little bit further back in the the time machine. Oh, we're going even further back. Oh, my gosh. Wow. 1982. Put yourself there. Where were you? How old were you? That's 40 years ago. 40 damn years ago. What are are we even doing here? Forty so years ago. That's oh, insane. You, you and I were, wow. were pretty young. You were, yeah. you were ten. Mm-hmm. I was six. Yeah. We were just little youngsters, but I well, remember we loved music, music, though. Yeah, I mean, yes, I t- we, sure we were we were starting to appreciate music, and you know, at that, those ages, I think you're starting to kind of, you know, perk up to music that you hear on the radio in the car and. That your friends are listening to on their Walkmans. I don't. Did we even have Walkmans yeah. yet in 1982? I'm not sure. And you, you yeah. have no idea what anything means, but you sing along. You know. Yes. I re- yeah, exactly. The, <laughs> I don't remember what year this was, but remember the the Kenny Rogers and um, uh, 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 was a duet with Islands. In Dolly the Parton. Dolly, yes. Yeah. Was that with Dolly Islands in the Islands stream. In the stream? Yes, it I was. Yes. That song was I was in the stream. So I'd sing I was. I in was the in the stream. That is where I was. Yes. And, you know, like you don't. Really I. Know you're saying. As a I thought the islands in the stream was Dolly Parton was taking a bath and she was talking about her boobs, but <laughs> I was also a teenage boy at that time, so that may that may have wow, colored my. Wow. My thinking. Unfortunately, <laughs> that song will not be featured today. But Aaron, no. we have to kick it up. You know how much everyone knows how much we love a countdown. I oh, we're doing a countdown. countdown. Yeah. I mean, like Casey Kasem. Or I, Dick. Casey Kasem. Dick, what's his name? What's Dick the Tracy. guy? <laughs> Dick, Dick, Dick Tracy. <laughs> Dick Clark. Thank you. <laughs> Dick Tracy. <laughs> Dick Cavett. It's a it's a Dick Cavett countdown. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh-huh. Um, or, or you know, if you want to get into now, we're in the era of MTV. You, I, I barely, to but yes. Julie Brown. I wanted yes. to be Martha Quinn. I wanted to oh. be a VJ and do one of those countdowns. So this we is all my did. Opportunity, yep. <laughs> it's finally forty <laughs> years later. Coming to you... fruition, everyone. <laughs> yes. So, 
what we have for you to really just set the set the stage, get you in the mood, get you right uh -huh. back there in 1982, is we have the top 10 songs of 1982. Now, this comes from Yeah, this is official. These are the official, official top 10 songs. This is not no, our subjective. A little little later, we're going to talk about the videos of 1982. That but that's going to be purely opinion. And then we're also, just to tease a little bit later in the show, we're also going to go through some big events in the world of music in 1982, including numerous occasions of Ozzy Osbourne making the news. Oh, uh, but that's, that's year. it was a very Ozzy Osbourne year. <laughs> <laughs> but right now, so, we're, we've got the, where, where are these top 10 coming from, these Dr. Are, these Amy? These are coming to us from the Billboard year end. Ah, yes. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if okay. you hate these songs, everyone, and you might hate some of them. I do hate several of them. Yes. yes. Mm -hmm. It's not our yes. fault. Okay. It's your parents' fault, probably, but anyway. Okay. Yeah. Aaron, do you mm -hmm. want to really get the, the ball rolling with the number 10, coming in at number 10? Number 10. Okay. I feel like we should have a drum roll. We don't have a drum roll, but that's okay. Maybe I'll add one in post-production. I don't know. Who can say? Coming in at number 10, it's the pop balladeer band Chicago mm. with... With their song, Hard to Say, I'm Sorry. Hard to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't really sing along I with this one. Want you to know. Well, Dr. Amy can. Hold me now. Oh, I yeah. I want to tell you I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> wow. What a song. That's good. That's good stuff. <laughs> so according to careful research that was done by, not me, Dr. Yeah. Amy. Everyone knows that. <laughs> Okay, I don't have to say that. All right, good. Uh, I did pretty much zero of the work to prepare for this show. <clears throat> anyway, this song it was a resurgence for Chicago. They'd kind of uh, fallen off, and they had dropped the, their label, Columbia Records, and they were picked up by a label called Full Moon, which I personally have never heard of. But Hard to Say I'm Sorry was their first single on Full Moon, and guess what? It was a big hit. It went number yeah, one. Columbia Records. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Who's who's hard to say I'm sorry now, Columbia Records, huh? <laughs> yeah. It became a and it also reached number four in the UK, which is kind of mm. kind of strange for a song like this, I think, to be so popular in the UK. Uh, the song is, uh, well, Peter Cetera is the singer for Chicago. He's trying desperately to hold on to a relationship that has kind of fizzled out. And he's promising to make, make up for his indiscretions and playing the we've been through so much card. So. all that we've been through. I will make it up to you. Yeah. So he cheated on her, basically, is what it sounds like to me. Yes, and he's getting what he deserves, and now he has regrets. Too late, Peter Cetera. She has moved on. I remember the song being. I remember the song being a staple of middle school dances. And remember at Keno Junior High, Dr. Amy, we've talked about they had a thing called song dedications in the school newspaper. It was on the back page of the newspaper. You could dedicate a song to your crush. And I remember this one being very, very popular. So, a lot of lot of middle schoolers had a lot to be to apologize for, apparently. Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. So there we you have it with number ten. Now, people, 
Number nine, maybe not a middle school dance um, anthem, but nevertheless, we've got Steve Miller Band and everybody oh, man. be talking about yes. Abra, Abra, Cadabra. I want to reach out and grab ya. He rhymed grab ya with Abracadabra. That's either genius or just incredibly stupid. I don't know. I'm a big I'm a big fan of Steve Miller, yes, but this song is oh, weird. It's so silly and bizarre. <laughs> Obviously, it's super catchy, poppy, and yeah, you know, definitely had that little bit of sexual innuendo. Going well, on. especially the video, yeah. Well, hmm. sure, sure, sure. So yeah, you'll be interested to know that the lyrics, those gorgeous, gorgeous lyrics that you just alluded to, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> were inspired by, and I don't know if these gals would appreciate this, but Diana Ross and the Supremes. Okay, I don't, I don't so, get that. I don't get it. Steve Miller wrote the song, and so he told the Dallas Morning News that he was um, skiing in Sun Valley one day, and lo and behold, who does he see sliding down the mountain like a gosh darn angel on earth? Mm -hmm. but Diana Ross. Okay, I imagine so, Diana Ross's ski uh, outfit. Is like uh, totally white with like pom poms and furs and like maybe like it's bedazzled with. Oh my God, it's gonna be yes. Incredible. You're going yes. to literally go blind because right. of the, the snow. And so anyway, it's a she looks like a magical yeti <laughs> going down the exactly. slopes, right? Exactly right. So he sees her, he skis down off the mountain to go have lunch. Now he had played with Diana Ross and the Supremes back in the 60s on yeah. the music TV show kind yeah. of thing. And so he's like, Diana Ross, the Supremes, he's eating his lunch. He doesn't know what to do. And at that moment, he writes, I don't know, on a cocktail napkin, I'm not sure, Abracadabra in 15 minutes, and I will argue it shows. Wow. You know what weird. I'm weird. It's, yeah, it's so I weird because that this, the Abracadabra, first of all, if, if you, I mean, when you think Steve Miller, you think earlier right. stuff like, yes. you know, uh, oh, gosh, I keep on rocking me, baby, and stuff like he, he was Steve Miller band was started off as a blues band in the yes. 60s. And then they kind of yes. became I mean, they're a staple of classic rock radio, yes. even to this day. So many hits, you know, Abracadabra is does not fit into that. Abracadabra no, was a weird. It was very 1982. Let's put it that way. Yes. You know, he was yes. trying to capitalize on the sound of 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 kind of a new wave sound i guess it was totally it was synthesizer heavy very weird and the we the lyrics themselves are just i don't know but i have to say though dr amy i did like this song a lot at the time and i remember i remember it being it was one of those songs that do you remember i'm sure everybody listening to this podcast remembers this you had a tape recorder for me it was a general electric tape recorder slash radio mm -hmm. and yep. you would and it, it could record right so you would listen to the radio oh and God, wait yes. for the opening note of your favorite yes. song and then boom you're on that record oh, button right that's we did it for oh. i mean we spent hours hours and, and hours later, and hours you get really sophisticated and you start making the mixtapes it's, that's what I was doing. Yeah, when you had a, if you had a dual cassette recorder, which Ooh, I did have that. What a time! What a time indeed. Anyway, Abracadabra was one of the earliest songs that I remember trying to catch on the radio like that. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, Aaron, you mentioned the video, of course, 
And so it was yeah. the first video actually that Steve Miller had made. And so he was his vibe was kind of he was kind of a low profile front man. He wasn't really yeah. like that. He wasn't like guy. Jim Morrison or anything. That's true. <laughs> no. Yeah. So he he really tried to stay out of the spotlight. He was rarely seen in public off stage. But, you know, in 1982, you got to make a video. And so, you know, yeah. he makes a video. But even in the video, he's, like, trying to – he's kind of in the background. He's not yeah. really – he's not really about it. You can tell. Definitely yeah. when you watch the video. So, you know, abracadabra, people. There you abracadabra. Mm-hmm. Number – all right. And coming in at number eight, we are here in the American heartland mm-hmm. in the great state of Indiana. I mean, when I say Indiana – who do you think of? You know, maybe uh, maybe you think of Larry Bird. Yeah. Uh, maybe you think of who else is from Indiana? Uh, well, Michael Jackson was from Indiana. Uh, maybe you think of Michael Jackson and the Jackson family. OK, right. But when you when you when you think about like, you know, sitting outside the tasty phrase uh, in a small town, Indiana, you think of mm-hmm. Mr. John Cougar Mellencamp. Back Sorry, then, John Cougar, though. Yes. Johnny Cougar. Uh, this is a different. This is a different song, though. <laughs> John Cougar. There was no Mellencamp. I mean, there was, but it was hidden from us at that point in yep, time. That's he was just John Cougar. He wore a denim jacket over his farm boy shirt. I don't know. Maybe it was a white T-shirt. I don't know. He was very saucy looking. Uh, and we're talking about the song Hurt So Good, uh, which was a big hit. Come on, baby. <laughs> Come on, baby. Make it hurt so good. Sometimes love don't feel like it should. You make it mm. hurt so good. You know what? That's a that's a good song. That is. Hurt So Good is a good song. So. Yeah, it is. It's very catchy. John Cougar Mellencamp, in an interview with the L.A. Herald Examiner, said he wrote the song as a goof. He said his friend George suggested they write a song with the title Hurt So Good, and they were thinking of it as like a Shel Silverstein kind of weird poem kind of thing. (laughs) He said he wrote it in three minutes, and he wrote the first line. Get this. He wrote the first line of the song in soap on the glass door of the shower. He said the whole song was really just a joke, but I got to tell you, John Cougar Mellencamp, the joke's on you because you have had to play that song every night for the last forty years. Be careful, people. <laughs> right. With our with our latchkey kids band, we're gonna have to be really careful, Aaron, because we're gonna write some stupid ass song in three right. minutes, and then we're gonna end. It's gonna be such a huge hit. Uh huh. Sensation. I know. We're gonna we're, have to play, it, to every play it every night. Oh my god. Uh, I don't know where you do your research, Dr. Amy. I guess you're going to tell us later. But I don't know where you found this particular tidbit, but this blew my mind. This is my favorite. (laughs) John Cougar Mellencamp, I did not know this. He once owned a tattoo parlor. Did not know that. Uh And this led to many of his family members getting tattoos that they wouldn't have otherwise gotten. And apparently, I don't know if he did it or someone who works for him did it. Somebody tattooed Hurt So Good on his aunt. Miss Aunt Aunt Mellencamp, I don't know her name. Aunt Mellencamp has a hurt so good tattoo. I don't know where on her. I who knows. I don't know if we want to know any more about this. It's best we don't know, probably. 
That's a fun fact. Anyway, John John Cougar won a Grammy with the song. He also, uh, oh, the Grammy was for Best Male Rock Vocal Performance, and at his speech, guess what his acceptance speech was? He said, I don't know what to say. I'm just an idiot. Oh, God bless you. <laughs> you know, he's really downplaying it, though, because this song, this song holds up. Yeah. It really does. That song holds up. It's a lot better than Abracadabra, that's for sure, yes, you know? So, now, well done, John Cougar. It yeah. turns out that John Cougar... <laughs> are, are, we about to, are you about to hit us with a double-barrel whammy? He really had a year, everyone. <laughs> yes, he I did. Mean, Ozzy Osbourne did in a different way, which we're going to describe later, but Johnny right. Cougar, they made him call himself Johnny Cougar. His name is John Mellencamp. Okay, everybody? Johnny but Cougar. Anyway. That's like when Greg Brady was yes, Johnny... Shadow or whatever the hell it was. Remember? Exactly what it's like. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly what it's like. So, I mean, to follow right directly on the heels of Hurt So Good, everyone, coming in at number seven. Oh, I love this song. Jack and Diane, a little ditty. About Jack and Diane. Diane. Two American American kids growing up up in the heartland. Jackie, Jackie gonna be a football, football star. star. Diane's yeah. debutante backseat of, Jackie of Jackie's car. Wow. I need to go find the nearest Tasty Freeze now. Oh my God. So that I need a chili dog immediately, everyone. It really this what? song really oh, sets wow. talk talk about telling a story with a song. It, I mean, you could make a movie out of this song. You know what I mean? It sets a whole mood. Like, it really captures that high school relationship where, you know, we've all probably been there where you're in the backseat of the car and, you know, it's just just a a whole vibe, you know? Yeah, you're going to be together forever and everything. Your whole future's in front of you. And it's just really romantic and just amazing. So, yeah. he, you know, he wrote the song about, like you say, Aaron, this high school couple falling in love. And really, mm-hmm. it was kind of a tribute to his upbringing and sort of the rural working class folks, right? Yeah. And so his inspiration, of course, was his hometown of Seymour, Indiana. Okay. By the way, Seymour, okay. I did not know that he was from Seymour, Indiana. I now live in Louisville, Kentucky, which is right on the border of Indiana. I go to Indiana like every day. Uh, but Seymour is less than an hour from here. Oh, I could just go. Yes, it's like a 45 minute drive. Get yourself to the Tasty Freeze I think I might oh, have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so Seymour, population 13,000, at least at that time, you know, okay. small town, rural, working class, that whole vibe. Very nostalgic feel. I mean, like oh, yeah. everybody can sort of relate to that. You know, mm-hmm. and you could you just get the vibe that like you know these folks like their best years are about to be behind them. You know what I mean? Like the football <laughs> yes. star and the dead you know this couple. It probably you know didn't end well. At the twentieth yeah. reunion of their high school class. Yeah, these two are they, they're a train wreck. Doing great. <laughs> now, Aaron, but for that magical moment outside the tasty oh phrase, everything Ooh. was coming up roses. That's Mm-hmm. This might be the most interesting fun fact of all time. I did not know this, Aaron, and I'm curious okay. if you did. Okay. So originally, when John Johnny Cougar. Oh, jo- Johnny Bravo. Yes. Johnny Bravo wrote the song. 
he wrote it in his mind about an interracial couple, okay? Oh, wow. And wow. he really oh, was inspired man. by, he saw a lot of interracial couples when he was, you know, doing his live performances over the years. And so in his mind, Jack was black and Diane was white. Wow. And so the record executives heard it. And essentially, they made him change it and make Jack the football star and Diane the wow. backseat. Gross. Because okay. it would be more relatable to his core audience of oh, his, geez. Well, let's be honest, white people. In, yeah, white in people in the Midwest. Midwest oh, boy. That's too bad. I want to hear the original version then. That sounds like that would have been even better, you know, to have it have a little bit of tension and rebelliousness and you know uh, gosh right and yeah. wrong and oh boy but i guess we'll we got the we got the seymour indiana version of that song i guess i don't we know sure did we sure did all right number six we've got the human league with don't you want me don't don't, don't you want you me, want me. Uh, i do not know the lyrics don't you want me, baby? Okay. Now, this song follows the classic story about a guy who meets a cocktail waitress and turns into a huge star, and then their love goes bad. It's, I mean, if I had a nickel for every time story that's happened to life. me. <laughs> it, it was, turns out it was actually inspired by an article in a women's magazine uh, the lead singer of Human League is Phil Oakey. He says it's not a love song. It's about power politics between two people. Interesting. Ooh, interesting. Now, this one, spoiler alert, this is going to come up a little bit later when we talk about music videos of 1982. Okay. Because yeah. music, MTV was new. It, it launched in August of 1981. So 1982 was MTV's first full year on the air. Yes. Yeah. And this was a big one. This video for Don't You Want Me was kind of a big one because it was different. I mean, people, they had had the, the music video format had existed in the UK for a while because they had mm -hmm. like video shows there. You know, it was right. a thing like even right. the Beatles made like music videos back in like the yeah, 60s, they were way you know? Of the yeah. States on that front. Big time. So yeah. so this one, the, the British ones were a little more innovative and creative you know and this was like one of the first ones and so it, it opened up a little bit of a mini british invasion and all of a sudden there was a whole bunch of you know european songs on mtv and uh, a lot of uk bands and this was one of them human league yes one two three bands mm -hmm. oh my goodness okay moving right along coming in at number five Aaron, top five you know it, yes you love mm. it the Jay Giles Band, your favorite band. Yeah. Centerfold, everyone. Yeah, this is a weird one. My love went cold. Yes, okay. My memories are just in That was very. Very interesting take on that, Dr. Amy. Thank Good job. Good much. job. Yes. <laughs> okay. So obviously this song is about a guy who had a crush on this sweet, innocent mm -hmm. girl in high school 
But years yeah. later, he's looking through a, quote, girly magazine. Remember? Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. And yep. he sees her as the centerfold. And it just oh, really man. his world. Because conflicting he's, feelings. He's, he's yes. Just, he, I'm sure he had all kinds <laughs> of conflicting feelings, kind of like you yeah. listening to the Islands in the Stream with Dolly Parton. Um, <laughs> yes. He's disappointed because his, his, his memory has just been sold. So she's uh -huh. sold out to the magazine. Oh, um, that's too bad. Yeah, again, story of our lives. How many times have we experienced mm -hmm. this, Aaron? <laughs> so he wasn't happy for her for being empowered and making money okay. however she Apparently could. Not. Okay, Apparently all right, so that's the too bad. So band signed with Atlantic Records in 1970, and they, they actually made their a name for themselves as kind of a blues-based Yes, band, and centerfold... It's it's like abracadabra. It is not yeah. representative of their music at all. Yes, they were yes. just trying to capitalize on they, what the sound was they, in 1982. That's yeah, that's right. exactly. They were going for kind of that sound of the cars yeah. or the police and that. Exactly. Yeah. But this was their biggest hit. It earned them a slot touring with the Rolling Stones, Aaron. Fun. They made the cover of Rolling Stone magazine. Okay. Super heavy rotation. That, that used to be a big deal, magazine. kids. <laughs> and, of course, the video, Aaron, the classic. Uh, yes. Yeah. Lots of Catholic school uniforms. Yes. playing in a classroom surrounded <laughs> yeah. by girls in Catholic school uniforms. Yes, sir. Um, I'm not sure that would hold up, but that's what they mm -hmm. did. Okay. All right. Number, f number four, we've got a duet. Between oh, two, two absolute, I mean, two, I mean, the Mount Rushmore of music, these two mm -hmm. guys are absolute legends got yep. together. Uh, Stevie Wonder and Paul McCartney, Ebony and Ivory. Remember Ebony that? Ebony and Ivory. Sent together in perfect harmony. Side by side on my piano keyboard. Oh, Lord, why don't we be buddies, please? God. Good stuff. Good stuff. We it's are very much almost as good as those guys were at singing, don't you think, everyone? Hmm. With me? <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, it's a song about racial harmony. And, you know, as, as my teenage son would say, these days a song like this sounds a bit cringe. Uh, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> it's a little bit heavy-handed. It's using the piano keys as a metaphor. You know, the black keys and the white keys only sound good when they're together. And And, well, you know, and Paul McCartney, he conceived of the idea for the song. And evidently it's, it's from an English comedian who was doing a bit where he played a segregated piano where the one where the white keys were separate from the black keys and he was trying to demonstrate how they worked they could only work together and so he thought of this idea and then he also he was putting it together when he was having a uh, a marital tiff with his wife Linda McCartney and so it was kind of a you know hey baby why don't we work together uh, on the song, yeah, and so he get, evidently he rang up uh, Stevie Wonder, and Stevie was like, "Oh, work with Paul McCartney, yes, please." Well, and, and the rest is history. Aaron, mm -hmm. it was 
was not, he didn't have it in his mind as a duet. Can you imagine it not being a duet with Stevie Wonder? No, Later, it's got to be. Like, hey, maybe I'll call Stevie Wonder. Or maybe oh. I don't know how to talk like that. But anyway, he'd be like, uh, Oh, I've got a right idea. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'll be right smart. Right, I don't know. <laughs> so I have a controversial opinion. Uh, okay. Dr. As you know, I am a huge, huge Beatles fan. They were my first favorite band, and they're still yes. my favorite band all these years yep. later. Yep. And my controversial opinion is, and I'll just go ahead and ask you, who is your favorite Beatle? Oh, uh, it's, of course it's Paul. Yeah, really? It's Paul. I'm a Paul girl. Yeah, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, know, you know, realize that's a bit of a controversial take. That's it's okay. not cool to have care. Paul as your favorite Beatle. But I agree with you. Paul is also my favorite Beatle. And the reason why is when you think about like, I mean, he wrote yeah. most of the best Beatles songs, you know, Eleanor yeah. Rigby, Let It Be, um, mm. Yesterday, uh, mm. most of Hey Jude, most of them are Paul, you know, um, not to take away from the other Beatles who were also amazing. But yep. Paul was kind of driving that bus for most of that time. Anyway, we're kind of getting off on a tangent. Why don't you hit us with number three, Dr. Amy? Oh, my gosh, people. Hmm. This is so 1982. I love this one. I still do. Way. I saw ah. this in concert just a couple of years ago. Woo! Yes. People, you're going to be so excited. Here we go. Joan mm -hmm. Jett and the Blackhearts with I Love, I love rock, rock and Roll. Put, Put another dime in the jukebox, baby. I love rock and roll. Dance with me. Good stuff. Good stuff. Oh Joan Jett. So Aaron, you might be interested to know this was not before yeah. released. It's a cover. Yeah. It's, totally it's a cover. cover. Mm -hmm. So Jet was touring in England, of course, as a member of the Runaways. The Runaways, Cherry Bomb. Yeah, yes. Baby. Mm -hmm. And um, she discovers this song it had been recorded in 1975 by the british group called the arrows oh who can it's forget like, the arrows freaking love this song so she goes yeah. to the runaways and she's like hey let's do this song this song is great and they didn't like it they didn't want because they're lame they're <laughs> right so, <laughs> mm -hmm. she showed them in 1981 when she recorded it with the blackhearts and people yeah big hit it was a big hit too it was all over the radio uh, it had a cool video. I mean, yeah. it was so cool. It was so empowering. Like, yes, Joan Jett is a badass. You know, she, she always has version. been. Yeah. In the original version, Aaron, of course, it's about a guy picking up a young girl and taking her yeah. home. Yeah. Lame. That's Fairly boring. Typical subject yeah. matter, right? Yeah. And then, of course, Jet covers it. It becomes about a girl who notices this guy next to the yeah. box. Yeah. That's even better. Okay. I like He's that version home. better. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. I yeah. saw Joan Jet at the National Cherry Festival in Traverse City, Michigan, uh, two or three years ago. It was my son Otto's first concert ever, was Joan Jet. Oh, How about that? And I'm here to tell you, Joan Jett is, I don't know, she's got to be in her 60s. She might be 70. I'm not sure. She brings it. If you have the chance to go see Joan Jett in concert, she is fantastic. It was great. Okay. I had a great time. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Number two is a song that speaks to my heart mm. um, because I used to listen to it in the driveway 
For some reason, while I was practicing my breakdancing moves, this is not a breakdancing song at all. But it's still to this day, this is a song that when my when my wife has like a job interview or something that she needs to get pumped up for, she puts this song on Alexa and it does the trick. Okay, and of course, we're talking about Eye of the Tiger by Survivor. Rising up out on the streets. There's my life, took my chances. Went the distance and I'm back on my feet. With the will to survive. Yeah, it's the eye of the tiger. It's the will in the fight. Listen up to the challenge of our rivals. Oh, yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. I do. I do know all the words. Yes. Uh this of course was the theme song to the hit movie Rocky 3, which was the number one biggest movie of 1982. Uh a guy named Tony Scotty was the president of Survival's record label and he played some of their songs to Sylvester Stallone, songs from their previous album Premonition, and Stallone liked it so much and he wanted it for his new movie so much that guess what he did? He called the band and left them several messages on their answering machines. <laughs> and answering machines in 1982 were the size of like your stereo system. And they had like, you know, actual tapes. Yes. Speaking of tapes, I had this tape. I played this over and over and a billion times in the driveway breakdancing i don't know why and then a couple years later do you remember the weird al yankovic cover of the song (laughs) it's called the rye or the kaiser (laughs) from rocky 13 (laughs) where rocky is like working at a deli and punching meat it's good stuff it's good stuff oh my gosh i'm ready for number one i am so ready yes i'm pumped i'm pumped i had the tiger got me pumped so Yes. Fit and muscular to okay. To yes. Uh, we referenced this song on our Get in Shape Girl episode way back in the very early days. Oh, that's sure going back. That is many episodes ago. People. Okay. Olivia hmm. Newton John with physical. physical. Let's get physical. Get physical. physical. Let, Let me hear your body talk. Your body talk. Let me hear your body talk. Very just, sexy I, I song. I know I've said this before, but I just have to reiterate to everyone: you must watch this video, the music video. Yeah, yeah. It is so it's weird. So when you listen to the song, <laughs> and of course, I was a kid. I was six, and I was like, let's get physical. I want to hear your body talk. I don't know what yeah. the hell she's talking about. They're working out. This it's a jazzercise or whatever. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Is it though? Really? Is it? Not really. No, really? it's not. <laughs> and so Olivia Newton-John though had kind of that squeaky clean image, right? She did. She yeah. A girl in Greece, and she, you mm-hmm. know, so she wasn't a Joan Jett type. She was a very different type. So to kind of counteract the very obvious sexual innuendo on the song, now let me hear your body talk, everybody. Uh, <laughs> they made the video about it's like this workout thing, and yeah. it starts with. 
there are these yeah. fat men who are trying to work out and sure teasing them. And yeah then it it's not really very nice it's not very nice <laughs> no it's really weird because then she then the, the men they turn into these like super muscular fit gorgeous mm-hmm. men and yeah and those men sort of pair off and it becomes this very homoerotic situation Yes. I mean, wow, 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 everybody. I guess that was ahead of its time, I guess you could say. I don't yes. know, that part of it. And then yeah. she's also, again, capturing, you know, capitalizing on the the huge popularity of, you know, aerobics and all yes. that. Yes. Like you said, yeah. and all that stuff. And I'm sure our mom loved the song, probably, oh right? So she must have. There are the scenes of her kind of like, you know, instructing like a cardio routine. In the yeah, yeah. And it's a whole thing. This yeah. song, Aaron, you would not believe. Huh. When I told my husband this was number one in 1980, he's like, really? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was huge. It was huge. one in the U.S. for 10 weeks. Wow. And at that time. Two and a half Aaron, months. until 1982, the only song that had stayed at number one longer was a little song maybe you've heard of by a certain gentleman called Elvis Presley called Hello, People. <laughs> wow. wow. That's wow. going back. <laughs> this song, Aaron, Physical, was, uh-huh. and this blows your mind too, the best selling single of the 80s. That tells you. Even more than Michael Jackson. Jackson. Even more so, than. So, my wow. And I discussed this, and this is the thing. With Michael Jackson, you bought the album. The whole yeah. album was good. With That's Olivia true. Newton John, it was this one song. Physical. <laughs> yeah. Like, with Madonna, you need the album. You don't right. just need the single. So there That's true. Everyone. That makes sense. Course, All right. Rest in peace, Olivia. Newton. Oh, yes. She, she just died a long battle couple, with cancer couple months ago. Yeah. She, she died recently. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God, everybody. Wow. wow. That's quite a list. I don't, you know, and again, these are this is like the official top 10 songs of 1982 from Billboard. I These would not be my top 10 no. from 1982. I'll just say that. Some of them no. would be. Sure. Uh, I had the tiger would probably be number one on my list, oh but my God, yeah. yeah, but good stuff. Nonetheless. Thank you. Billboard. Mm-hmm. Should we take a break? Dr. Amy, let's do it. Yep. Let's take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about the best music videos of 1982, according to me. Yeah. And then Dr. Amy is going to take us through a few memorable music moments of 1982. So, mm-hmm. Strap yourselves in for that. We'll be right back with more of the Lashkey Kids. In a world full of music about the rodeo, the big city. You forget I'm in America. Ancient instruments. And singing computers. How can you possibly cover it all? Well, take a trip with Classical Sprouts, the awesome classical music podcast for kids from Interlochen Public Radio, and we'll show you around a world full of awesome classical music. I'm Kate Botello, your host, and we at Classical Sprouts want you to know that classical music is for everyone to enjoy, and you can enjoy it even more if you know about some of its history or how it's made. Join me at Classical Sprouts to learn about everything from ballet to bagpipes with awesome music and musical guests. 
Take a trip around the musical world with Classical Sprouts from Interlochen Public Radio. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to The Latchkey Kids. I am Aaron Selbig, and I don't know why I keep reintroducing ourselves <laughs> after the break. They know who we are. I got to stop doing are. that. So, as we mentioned earlier, in 1982, MTV was brand new. It was, in fact, their first full year. They had only launched in uh, August of 1981. And, And this list of best videos is subjective because there were no VMAs until 1984 was the first year for the VMAs. So they didn't even have awards yet. Um, so this was all brand new. Hmm. Yeah, and most videos were not very good in this time. No, they didn't know what they were doing. Yeah. They were just singing the song on a stage or something. Right. It was like, oh, somebody's going to film me singing the song. Exactly. They weren't, there weren't very many that told stories and Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. But there were a few, there were a few, for instance, and this is, I'm not, I'm not putting these in order because I just, I don't know. For instance, the Eye of the Tiger video. Now, it is kind of singing the song, but the way they filmed it, where, I mean, there's this angry young man in a beret and a leather jacket. I don't, like he's going to go to Cuba and fight in the revolution later. I don't know. But what ends up happening is he and his buddies sort of like stomp through the streets of New York City very very angrily. Power walking. They're vibing. Yeah. Yeah. They're vibing. (laughs) You also had, as we mentioned before, Human Leagues Don't You Want Me. Now, that one was interesting. This one, yes. yes. This one was a departure, and I think was, you could maybe credit this video for just being really innovative and maybe opening eyes to what music videos could be because it told a story. I don't really know. I can't follow the story necessarily, but it's like a film noir spy kind of story. Uh, And right at the beginning, there's this woman who tries to kill another woman. And (laughs) it's like a lover. It's like a love triangle. And then it goes, I don't know what happens after that. Because it's yeah. like a movie within a movie, and you're like uh, the beat, the the band, they're singing, but then they're watching this thing being filmed. A ton yeah. of eyeliner, men and women. Yes. So much eyeliner. Yes. So Lots of eyeliner. Yes. Stick on the on the male um, mm-hmm. members of the band singing. It's a yeah, but it definitely is creative for sure. We'll give them that. Now speaking of eyeliner and hair, oh you God. had. I ran so far away by flock of seagulls and <laughs> this video. Okay. Yes. Go ahead. I couldn't get away. So killer song, first of all, good song. And, and the video wasn't particularly, it's memorable to me for one thing, the look of the band, the hair and everything was like, what in the world? is this what is this i can do my hair like that how much aquanet do you even need for something like that you know right. and so also the, like the aluminum foil all over everything and the floor yes like funhouse mirrors kind of a vibe yes yeah oh yeah. It's, it's, yeah yeah you had i i love rock and roll by joan jett and that was just mm. That was memorable to me because I loved Joan Jett so much and I wanted her to be my girlfriend and my aunt. And also 
So. <laughs> cool aunt or girlfriend. I'm not both of those things. Either either would have been fine. You really need to pick one and stay in that lane and forget about the other. I didn't care which one. I was okay with either. As I recall, wasn't it also in black and white? Yes. Yeah. Grainy. Yeah. Cool. It's punk rock, man. It's Joan Jett. Yeah. Yeah. She was in the Runaways. Hell yeah. Uh, do you remember Come Dancing by the Kinks? Oh, Come Dancing. Da, 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 da. Such a fun song, a yes. dancing song. The video starts off with a fun dance contest where everybody's it's like competitively dancing. Kind of yeah, it's like, like a like, like a sock room. hop kind of a deal. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, so Very cute. fun. Another one that I remember not so much for the content of the video, but because of the hair and makeup was Do You Really Want to Hurt Me by Culture Club. Do you really want to hurt me? Boy George, who is now a problematic person, unfortunately. Um, Google, Google that if you want to. But Boy George really pioneered an interesting androgynous look with the hat, the glasses, the hair, oh, the whole thing. Look. And it in was very video, it's like he's he's in these different settings. He's in this like yeah. club and then he's in a like a he comes out of a swimming pool, but there are these men mm-hmm. and they're watching and they're on the, the like, you know, patio furniture and then he's yeah. here and then he's there. And all the while with the hair and the makeup and the whole look. Woo. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, this last one I want to mention is kind of might be end up being a kind of controversial because I I tried to nail down if this video came out in 1982 or not, and I couldn't 100 percent nail it down. But I think it did because the album Thriller came out in November of 1982. Okay, and I think the video for Beat It came out around that same time. But I looked around and I couldn't did. tell. Yeah. I think it there's did, not, though. There's not, there's not a lot of great to records about the videos of 82, but yes, I think no. correct. It's kind of hard to tell, but I'm pretty sure Beat It came out at the tail end of 1982. Oh, beat it, and there, there really wasn't a whole lot to that video. It's just a bunch of dancing around, but come on, it's Michael Jackson. He's wearing the red coat, you know, the red leather coat, oh, you know, so iconic. And then there's like yeah. a guy who comes out of the sewer, and then they're, they're walking, stomping, again, <laughs> walking course. around, stomping around. Yeah. Stomping around, dancing around. Oh, yes. That, and then our Good stuff. Forever, right? Am I missing anything, Dr. Amy? Those, the, my criteria for cool videos was the ones that I remember, and that was about the, that's, that's about all I could remember. That's great criteria. I love it. All right. Yeah. Okay, people. Yeah. Just to put a put a bow on this and to wrap things up, we're gonna take you through a little timeline of 1982 with a few moments. Now we mentioned Ozzy Osbourne, January 20th of 1982. That's the famed, infamous, notorious moment where Ozzy Osbourne bites the head off a live bat. That Is that real? So that really happened. Performance in Des Moines, Iowa. He thought re- it was a rubber bat. Yeah, it sure he did. Yeah. Bat. He picked up he a real bat, and he thought it was rubber. Sure. He was okay. out of his mind. Then. Yes. He doesn't even he remember was, it. He was so out of his mind <laughs> yeah. in 1982. Everyone he was zonked out. He doesn't know what was happening. These whatsoever. days, he's zonked out on Metamucil. I don't know. But 
I always thought when I was a kid and I heard that story, I thought there's no way that's true. That's got to be some kind of urban legend. Yeah, but apparently, really apparently that really happened. Now, people, February 24th, we have the 24th Annual Grammy Awards, okay? Of course, in Los okay. Angeles, of course, hosted mm-hmm. by none other than Quincy Jones, who also yes. wins five awards himself. Sure, why now, not? <laughs> now, speaking of the Beatles, you had John Lennon and Yoko Ono's Double Fantasy. Oh, wow. Final wow. Two, two years after he was killed, yeah. Wins album mm-hmm. of the year. You had Kim Carnes. Betty Davis. Oh, yeah. Betty Davis. Eyes. Sure. Mm -hmm. Record of the year and song of the year. And of course, our best new artist, your favorite, Aaron, Sheena Hmm. Easton. Sheena Sheena Easton. Easton. Good stuff. Mm -hmm. Now, back to Ozzy Osbourne, though. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be an Ozzy Osbourne. Okay. This This one's sad. Yeah. You didn't know this story? Oh yeah, this is this is a legend in rock and roll history. Yes. Yeah. Ozzy Osbourne's lead guitarist Randy Rhodes. Randy Rhodes. Freak accident in Leesburg, Florida, when the plane in which he is riding buzzes Osbourne's mm-hmm. tour bus. Yeah, they were screwing around. Yeah. They were screwing mm-hmm. around. The pilot was screwing around. Yep. Crashes into a yeah. house. Yeah. The pilot, a female passenger, and the guitarist, and yeah. oh my goodness! And everybody. and Randy Rhodes, he was really young. He was a kid, really, and he was—he's the best guitarist that Ozzy ever had, except for Tony Iommi back in the Black Sabbath days. Randy Rhodes was awesome. You know, Crazy Train, mm-hmm. the beginning of Crazy Train. That's Randy Rhodes. You know, Randy Rhodes was really innovative. Uh, really fantastic guitar player, and he was taken very young. It was very really sad, really sad. sad. Yeah. Now, imagine this, Aaron. I don't know hmm. if I knew that this was a thing. On April 17th, Johnny Cash hosts Saturday Night Live. I do not. I've never seen this. I've never seen any of this. It's weird. The line, Folsom Prison Blues, Ring of Fire, and Sunday Morning Coming Down. Wow. All those songs on the program, and Elton John sang Empty Garden and Ball and Chain as well. And How, Did they have any time for any so, comedic skits no, on that? It was just no, all... They were like, we don't even care about the comedy. We it was John people. and John, I guess. Wow. I've never wow. seen any footage of that at all. I'm going to go look it up on YouTube when we're done recording the podcast. i got to see that. Okay. classic moment in rock and roll history, Mm. Aaron, on May 23rd, Pink Floyd, The Wall, Uh, the film adaptation of the 1979 album, premieres at the Cannes Film Festival. There you go, stoners. There's your your moment in the sun right there. Grab some popcorn. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Uh Um, On August 17th, you'll be interested to know, you mentioned, like, did you have a Walkman? Did you have a this or that? In Hanover, Germany... This began the first mass production of a compact disc. Oh, wow. I wouldn't. We we did not get them. I was almost 10 years before I had it. Yeah. I didn't have a CD player until 1991, I think. I was a late bloomer. Yeah. Okay. And of course, Aaron, you mentioned this earlier. This was the moment, probably the biggest moment of 1982. Yeah, I think it was. Michael Jackson releases his sixth studio album a little thing called thriller maybe you've heard yeah. of it which the greatest selling album yep of all 
whole time. With How about that? Units sold worldwide. I had my copy. That's correct. <laughs> Uh-huh. You, you played your part. <laughs> you did. I did. I, I gave Michael Jackson yeah. some of my hard-earned uh, money, sure. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, we always wrap up the year, of course, uh, on December 31st with New Year's Rockin' Eve. Okay? With Dick Clark, with right? Dick Clark. On Dick Clark. 11th annual. Yes. Um, this year, 1982, <laughs> we had appearances by the Go-Go's. Fun. Notes. Great. Sap, okay. Manilow, and All right. Oh, they couldn't get Michael, huh? That's no, too bad. They, <laughs> they got sure. we got one of the Jacksons, <laughs> <laughs> and it ain't Janet, and it sure as hell ain't Michael. It's Jermaine. That's, okay. That's right. Um, shout out to our sources <laughs> for this episode: the wonderful website Song Facts, I highly recommend. Of course, Billboard, and of course, a little thing called Wikipedia. Maybe you've heard of it. I mean, I'm gonna go. People. I'm gonna go listen to Eye of the Tiger. I'm gonna go mm-hmm. play some Randy Rhodes guitar solos. I'm gonna go okay. find footage of Johnny Cash hosting Saturday Night Live in 1982. Oh, this has given us a lot to chew on today, Doctor Amy. Well, everyone, you're welcome. Okay, that's why. Thank I'm you. Here. Thank We're you. Here for you. Yes. Um, we don't. They don't even pay us. Everyone. What? Send us five I've been. I've been waiting for my paycheck for over a year now. What do you mean they don't pay us? <laughs> oh my God! You know how much work I do on this podcast. Oh my gosh! And I do have, Aaron, half as much as you. That's right. We <laughs> mm-hmm. said this in quite some time, but let's just for, for fun and old times say to our <laughs> listeners, tell your what? friends about the last. Yeah. Oh yeah. Tell your aunt. You do enjoy it. If if your aunt happens to be Joan Jett, tell her. Or if your girlfriend happens to be Joan Jett, also tell her. If your aunt has a hurt so good tattoo, she definitely needs to be listening to this podcast. Basically, I just want Joan Jett to be aware of this podcast. I don't care if anybody else listens to it. Okay? That's what I'm going to say. All right? All right. We'll be back with more next week. Until then, bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.